Welcome back to a new episode of The Talk, the podcast about Nordic entrepreneurship from Nordea Private Banking. Today, we are going to talk about water, specifically how to get clean drinking water in difficult to reach locations where water is scarce. With me, I have the founder of a startup creating small, easily transported water desalination and cleaning units for exactly this purpose. This is the founder of Way Out, Martin Rank. What is Way Out? What is it that you do? We do water. That's the short version. But uh, to elaborate a little more, we do uh, systems for local production and distribution of perfect drinking and cooking water uh, with a minimal eco footprint. And how does that work? In what kind of environments do you deploy? And what is it exactly that you deploy? What exactly it is that we deploy is a hardware software system that is uh, kind of like uh, sprung off of a micro factory the size of a 20-foot uh, shipping container that has inside it, it has all the uh, water treatment um, equipment needed to produce perfect drinking water. And it also has a remineralization system to make sure that the water actually contains all the minerals needed to for humans to be able to digest, you know, the nutrients that we eat and that kind of stuff also. Mm. The water is produced in a micro factory the size of a 20-foot container, and then it's uh, poured onto food-grade stainless steel vessels, kegs, that uh, then are mounted on a dispenser. And the entire system is connected uh, and uh, automated. So there's a lot of the uh, buzzword IoT uh, going on across the system. And then you wanted to know, like, where do we deploy these things? At the moment, we're focusing on the the warm um, zone across the planet, uh, more or less along the the equator and uh, above and below that. And that's the region on the planet that has uh, worst kind of water scarcity and also where the temperatures are optimal for uh, bacterial growth. So people are in need of some sort of filtration system also for the water. And also this is where uh, population growth is the biggest. And that's why also, you know, uh, the urban environment hasn't caught up with the migrations and stuff like that. Right. So and this is a huge problem, of course, with clean drinking water in these areas. How did you come across that solving that particular problem? Actually, we kind of like meandered our way there because we started out doing complete beverage production systems. Uh, anything from soda soda and, and uh, flavored waters to also brewery products like uh, kombucha or uh, ciders and, and beers. But then as we kind of spoke with clients and, and uh, regions, it became clear quite early on that the major problem and challenge was actually drinking water. So we decided to focus on that also because when we were a little bit involved in alcohol production, it kind of ruled out or blocked off a lot of uh, potential investors and partners and things like that that didn't want to be involved in alcohol. So we just decided to scrap the alcohol bit and focus on clean drinking water without any flavoring. Part of the reason for that is also because it's so much easier to handle, you know, the hygiene aspects of it in those regions. Yeah. You know, they say that so many innovations come from 
war. This is a little bit like that. You have the clean water innovation coming from beer, <laughs> from the parties. <laughs> beer and war are the same. <laughs> no, but you're right. You're right, because it's it's actually like that when we started out doing our first systems, it's really advanced high technology. And in order to secure, you know, hygiene aspects and regulatory uh, requirements, you need to be really good at what you do. So for us to transition from alcohol and flavored uh, drinks to clean, pure, mineralized drinking water just made us all the more sure that the technology that we actually master is is uh, more than enough to be able to do it in, in a rustic and uh, long-term uh, way. So, I mean, yeah, we, we know that clean drinking water is one of the huge health problems in, in these areas, right? And how is that financed and, and who, who actually purchases your uh, your systems? Up until this point, we're more or less uh, uh, financed by uh, ourselves and private investors. Uh, so we've uh, taken on something like uh, 90 million Swedish crowns. Mm. We don't sell our systems. We offer them for lease. And it's actually based on a profit sharing model. So you're basically good to go from day one. And being an operator or a distributor locally, you're also uh, profitable from day one. So it makes it so much simpler to deploy and uh, integrate into your operations. And then also um, at the same time, we create uh, green jobs and all the cascade effects that comes with that. So is it, how, how does it work? Do you, do you uh, bring water out of existing lakes or wells or, or is it ocean water or, or how, what kind of water is the, the input in this system? The short answer is yes. And by that, I mean, we can take on any water source. So we do both gray water, to some extent, industrial wastewater. But in these regions, the best water source is actually seawater because that's it's there's plenty of that. And many times when you go for if you were to go for the water table or, or the aquifers that are available on land in coastal areas, what happens is that if you deplete the groundwater, you actually create under pressure and then it will suck in seawater, making the water table saline. And, and then you won't be able to use that for irrigation or farming and that kind of stuff. So we want to avoid that. But by taking on seawater instead as the source water, we kind of create drinking water of undrinkable water from the beginning. So nobody really considers that as, as a source for drinking water, unless you have these huge desalination plants. But we do it in a, in a small local fashion. So seawater is optimal for us, but we can do harvested rainwater and lakes or boreholes. Yeah, we, we actually do this in my country house where there's no good water source. So we bring out the seawater and clean that and drink it. It actually works super well. It's also solar powered, the whole thing. Is yours uh, solar powered too? Yeah, it can be. We don't provide the solar panels uh, in themselves, but we partner with companies that do. To give you an example, we have a system today in the deepest Serengeti, and that thing is completely autonomous and self-sufficient from solar and a local borehole. And that water is really high on mineral content that is not good for humans and also lots of other nutrients. And, you know, there's a lot of wildlife there and a lot of plants uh, that are decomposing and that makes it down to the water table. So that needs to be filtered. And you don't in any way extract or use the minerals that are in the water. In this case, they were bad for you. But if, if, if they weren't, if they were actually good for you, you don't you clean everything out and then you add it back in, right? We add it back in, but as long as it's, take that as an example, what we're doing in the Serengeti, what we're then doing is that we're taking the source water and we're 
filtering it, treating it uh, to, to extrapolate drinkable H2O that we then remineralize. So we will produce some sort of reject also, like water that we don't want or water that has some sort of turbidity and dissolved solids in it. In that case, because it is considered nutrients, it can be used for irrigation. So as long as we can then filter it and let it uh, dissipate in a slow manner back into the ground, uh, we can actually introduce it back to nature also. So wh- what about you? What is your background and wh- where did you uh, where did you come from before this? I have a quite uh, uh, odd background in this context because I'm uh, more or less from the same background as you. So I'm from advertising or concept development background. Since, ever since art school in the late 90s, I've started up a couple of ad agencies and mainly worked with that. I have been involved in a couple of startups before of more or less uh, unsuccessful ones, because when you work in advertising, you come across all these really interesting, fascinating uh, projects and and concepts and brands. Uh, You kind of like just submerge in it and, and, and start being really involved and and, uh, and fascinated. So it, it then can happen that, that it's just like, hey, why don't you come work for us instead? So I've, I've let myself be lured in a couple of times, but this time it was that type of um, setup, but it ended up, uh, we ended up kind of co-founding the company together. Yeah, you're, you're not the first to say that, actually. I've, I've had a f- few guests on here that had similar stories. But you, you have a designer background, uh, and uh, how important would you say that design and uh, concept development is in a project like this? It's very important. I mean, it depends on what you mean by design or how wide that term is. Because from my perspective, design is just, an, uh, is just a way of storytelling, right? So it's kind of a way of fictively wanting to describe something and what it contains and how it can be expressed. And because, you know, all experience, even when it comes down to life's necessities like water, is a matter of, uh, you know, how you relate to stuff emotionally and whether you connect with it and if you can feel the need for it, really. So everyone knows that if you go go along some something like a Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs, of course, the basic needs is just something that must be there and you don't evaluate whether you need it or not on an emotional level. But all this decisions are emotional and 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 that this is how you can connect with people so in terms of launching and developing and filling a concept with meaning you always have to go for the emotional aspects of it and that's when design comes in and it's not only visuals it's also how you tell the story and how it relates to different cultures or income brackets or whatever yeah. so design is i would say a short version is very important in, in everything human yeah I, I would say not least in a project like this when you need people to to quickly understand what a product is about and you know how the system works and you don't have you know staff there to tell everybody possibly and you know exactly and also i mean part of our concept is that it is very easy to operate and easy to understand so it's really like a plug and play thing you don't have to be an engineer to operate it and you don't have to be a scientist to understand the benefits of it but that then means that you have to fill it with a lot of X formation instead of information. So in order to take away the complexity, you then need to pack it in computers and stuff like that instead. So the the complexity is still there, but on the the user interface is very simple and also simple to understand. Yeah, I mean, that is a challenge. I, there, are, there are tons of products and tons of solutions that are actually great, but that just end up not working because nobody takes it to heart and nobody understands what it is. And, you know, people just don't use it. 
Yeah, I think you're right. And I and also in this case, you know, many of the people in our company are engineers and the way they're educated and the way they they're kind of like their drive is not from letting people understand how stuff needs to be operated. It's rather the other way around. The more advanced, the more high tech, the more satisfying it is for an engineer to develop something. So we need to combine engineering with some sort of storytelling, simplified storytelling, because otherwise it ends up being way too complex. Compare let's say Apple with with Microsoft, where Microsoft is really engineer driven and Apple is really design driven. So they're completely different and they appeal to different uh, types of people. But one is perceived to be more simple and easy to understand than the other. So what is uh, what's next for for way out? What's what's coming next for you guys this this year? We are just in the final uh, stretch of uh, introducing an updated version of our concept where we've gone even further in terms of simplification and kind of amalgamating high tech with user friendly uh, user experience for the micro factories and the smart tabs and stuff like that. So we're launching that now within a couple of months and uh, introducing it together with some new clients in the Middle East and also in India including the Indian Ocean. So it's a lot of lot of traveling going on for you, I would imagine, right? Yeah, we have to, because like we just almost talked about, that in the end, it needs to connect with people and they need to feel that they can understand it and, and how, how it works and what good it can do locally on the ground. Yeah. We're actually kind of like helping helping society transition to a sustainable way of going about business in a more ethical way instead of moving away from plastic and moving away from long distance transport and fossil fuel and all that. So we then, it, it's, it, to some degree, it is a matter of investing, quote unquote, into a concept that will let you move into the future in a sustainable way. So in order for people to feel confidence in this new way of going about things, we just need to be able to sit down and talk and, and listen to questions and explain and pick up the feedback that comes from the people that are going to take this to heart eventually. So yeah, we need to travel. There's a lot of stuff you can do over, over Zoom or over internet, but uh, when it comes to this type of kind of deep transition stuff, you need to be there to understand each other. You're doing some very important work here, and uh, we know that you know this is a huge problem across the globe, and you have a beautiful solution to it. And uh, we shouldn't be taking up more of your time when you're out saving the world. So thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing this project with us. Thank you back. All right, talk soon. We will, I'm sure. Bye bye. 